and welcome back to Replay Values, I like the that you podcast. Said welcome back. To well, <laughs> in some ways it is a welcome back, uh, as we'll get to in a second. Uh, this is the podcast about how games can enrich our lives. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm Patrick. And we are coming back at you after a brief hiatus. Uh, has three been years. Yeah, only uh, only a. Uh, brief three years uh that really kind of flew by i don't think anything of consequence happened during that time definitely Certainly not. nothing that our listeners listening in 2022 want to relitigate uh so nope we'll kind of just breeze right past that and get into things uh for those of you just joining us we talk about games both video games board games any type of gaming experience and a a positive light how it's impacted us and people we know positively uh often we will have guests come on uh where we will have interviews to talk about their experiences uh and particular games and uh, times of their life that they want to reflect on with us um and sometimes it's just you and me yeah right now we are nestled up together just uh, yeah. to talk about our own experiences cheek to cheek by the mic just the way i like it <laughs> uh and we are here to kick off uh, a new sub-series mm-hmm. uh, within, because it turns out trying to plan a guest for every single episode of your show winds up being a Very little difficult. more challenging uh, to do when you also have a full-time job. So we have a series uh, that I don't have a proper name for yet that's going to be us oh, yeah. going through a series of oh. games that are meaningful to us. Yes. And we may also occasionally loop in a guest uh, for this if somebody's around who wants to talk about it uh, on a more casual basis. We can set up like, uh, you know, those uh, spiders that set up little hatches and they just wait for something to walk by and when it does, they trap it. We could do that, but we- with podcast equipment... We could trap people in podcast equipment. Yes. And, and then make them talk about their feelings and memories. I, I think when I get trapped by weird recording machinery, when I'm walking down the street, the first thing that I want to do is talk about my memories about games that I've played. Yeah, exactly. So this, this sounds like a foolproof plan. I Insanely fast tangent. Did you see that video of the man that fell through the sidewalk into no. a pile of rats? No. Okay, you Google it. Everybody at home, Google man falls that. through sidewalk into rats. Can I tell you, I heard about that and I decided not to look it up because it sounded like my nightmare. Probably for the best, uh, you know. But anyway, yeah, I imagine something like that. But instead okay, of rats, rats, it's, it's us podcasts and podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, we really appreciate it if you're tuning in for the first time. If you've been wondering where you've been at these past three years, uh, welcome back. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Nick J only. That is okay. <laughs> I was about to say back by popular demand. Yeah. By that I mean one person, but Nick J, we love you. Uh, let's get started. So which franchise, Pat, are we talking about first? Uh, we're talking about Pokemon. Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Pokemon. Um, I I don't know how much we need to recap what Pokemon is, but we probably should Mm, for for anyone coming in who's not intimately familiar like you and I are. Uh, Pocket Monsters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Were they invented... The game came out at the same time as the car. Like, it was a phenomenon that grew all in 93 or 94... Uh, it was closer to 96, actually, oh, 95, shit. 96. I think it might have come out in 95 in Japan first and then 96 here. Gotcha. Um, it was, it <clears throat> caught on pretty fast. It definitely was a game first, but very 
quickly exploded in popularity and became uh, the massive multimedia juggernaut that it somehow still is. Yes. Con- yeah, considering how much of like a fad it felt like when it started. It uh, has endured. Yeah. So it's now been oh, 25 years? 26 years. 26 years. Because last year they did that 25 they did. Uh, year celebration with that weird Hootie and the Blowfish cover and, and other stuff. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, I do. Um Post Malone, right? Yeah, the, singing "Only Wanna Be with You." Yeah, the instead of the dolphins make me cry, it was the cowboys make me cry or something. Yes, which actually that did teach me that Hootie was talking about the team and not like seeing seeing dolphins. dolphins which is what I always thought. Me too. Absolutely. I think everybody thought that until Post Malone. I mean, version. Post Malone might be talking about seeing actual cowboys. That's actually true you too. They're both things that you can see. That is true. Uh, do you remember where you were or how you were first exposed to Pokemon? Yes. Okay. I had a subscription to Nintendo Power, uh, which I still had at that time. Uh, and they had done a whole write-up. It was just when it was coming out in Japan, and they had did mm-hmm. a whole write-up on it. And I liked the idea of an RPG for my Game Boy, because I loved my Game Boy. You loved and RPGs. I loved RPGs. I, at that point, I had kind of started to get my head around how to play them. Uh, and I was, you know, into the cute, like, I remember seeing the picture of Pikachu and being like, that's a cute animal. I would love to have that in a video game. You, you remember thinking of the cuteness of Pikachu mm-hmm. as a child? Mm-hmm. I don't know how often I thought about how cute things were when I was a kid. I had a lot of, like, stuffed animals and, I and did too, things though. like that, and I, I was always a little soft boy. Yeah, me still, too. Still am. I, I, you know what, though, I think I, I just, like... It, well, it's almost like that I, I still suffer from thinking sometimes, like, oh, I'm just one of the kids. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think as a kid, I was like, I'm cute. So, like, cuteness isn't a thing I consider. Like, I, you know, a fish and water and all of that. I was just like, cuteness is life. Yeah. So maybe I... But I, I did also. I was a Those soft boy. words to live by. Who cried very easily. Mm-hmm. Who had a lot of stuffed animals. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Middle school was real fun. Whew. I did, did you... Uh, did you learn, like, just you had to be tough? Like, I, more than anything, I learned to just keep certain things to myself. Yes. Yes. And I I felt like I was observant enough to see what happens with to those with weakness. didn't do that, and it's a shame that that was a yeah. thing. But it was the 90s, what do you want? Middle school was like, it was like blood in the water. If, yeah. you, if you showed the wrong emotion or anything like that, or, I feel like. And, case in point, being into Pokemon. Yeah, it, it was, not, it was cool not cool at a certain point. No, it um, very quickly was not cool, and I was into Pokemon well into high school. Uh, high, high school was where I started to to drop off from it, but into high school I was still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did not make that interest known to people when I went when I started high school. I was savvy enough at that time, and had also heard enough things from people <laughs> before then to to know that that was probably not a smart move. Yes. Um, so at my elementary school, cause it mm-hmm. came out, it, it came to the States when we were in third grade, right? Had to, I, I had to be around 10 or nine or 10 years old yeah. when it came out. Well, yeah. So. You and I are very close in age. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we're just about three months apart. So, yeah. um, yeah. So wait, I, I said, I saw it in Nintendo power. When did you first hear about it? Uh, my friend, Chris's cousin, whose name is Asia, ironically in this okay. story, uh, was really into anime and manga and, like, everything to do with Japan. I don't know if it was because her name was Asia or if it was just 
a thing she was into. Yeah. I remember, like, she showed us this anime called El Hazard, which was really okay. weird. And I think she talked about Vampire Hunter. Like, all of the weird... Oh, like, she's into, like, the real shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and she... I can't remember if she had a copy in Japanese or if she was just obsessively talking about the Japanese Pokemon game. But, mm. like, she called it... I think she was, like a few years older than us but she knew that it was going to be like the biggest thing and so then when it came out i also had nintendo power so i might have referenced it at the time i gotta be honest so i i I mean i have a lifelong sufferer of adhd who is now medicated but as a child never was and i remember getting those magazines and like i was obsessed with looking at the pictures Mm -hmm. and like flying to like an area where it would like tell you a trick or, like, mm-hmm. I would try to see if it talked about games that I had so that I could reference it. But I, I was not a meticulous reader of those books. That's fair. I, I I definitely would skip to... I would look to see if they were doing a comic, because Nintendo oh, Power yes. sometimes did comic series. There was a Star Fox comic. There was a Star Fox one that yes. went for a while. There was a, there was a Super <clears throat> Metroid one that went for a while. There was a Blast Corpse one that yeah, went for a yeah. while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very strange. Uh... There was a Zelda one also. There was a bunch of that stuff. And then uh, I always skipped ahead to the coming soon section to gotcha. see what was coming out. Especially as a younger brother, I was always looking for games that were two players. <laughs> cause yes. at that, and that was another thing that was appealing about this was that even though it was a single player game, we there was incentive to get both versions yes. because there were different Pokemon in each one. And at that point, we had, you know, Game Boy had been out long enough that we each had a Game Boy. Um, Game Boy at that point had been out for 10 years, right? It came out in 86. No, it came out a little later than that. It came out... 88? 80, 80, 89. It was, yeah. I remember it, like... Because then Pocket and Color came out. But, like, the Game Boy and what it did was what it was for so for a long. Time. long. They iterated on it only in aesthetics for a while. Yeah. Until finally doing the Game Boy Color, which was kind of an x-gen game boy in the sense yes. that it had certain exclusive games but i mean it literally only showed you color and i mean you could get uh, like accessories upgraded and stuff like that but the did you ever put a regular game boy game in your game boy color mm-hmm. i actually do remember I playing do. red and blue and all it gave you was like an odd off tone like sepia yeah type. it just did a very faint sort of color i also had a super game boy uh, oh. so i would the that you know what that was no uh, Super Game Boy was a Super Nintendo cartridge that was made for playing Game Boy games. You would put it in oh, your Super yes. Nintendo, and then you'd put yes. the Game Boy cartridge in. I did not have that, but I do remember you'd that. You'd have, like, borders, and you could change, like, the color themes. There was, that like, is cool. I distinctly remember a particularly harsh-looking neon, like, negative color that you could do that we used to play Super Mario Land and stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember playing games like that, but mostly I played on my Game Boy with the green screen and everything. Did you have an attachment, uh, for, like, magnifying the screen or color or speakers? I did have, I did have a, I had um, a Handy Boy. Did you have a Handy Boy? I don't like that name. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that was, like, as a child, of course, you don't think about it at all. No, of course not. But as an adult, I was like, Handy Boy? Oh, no. No, as a child, you thought, like... And this adult, very handy. an adult in like the 1950s yes. thought about those things. Oh. It was like, it's Super handy, wizard, handy is... tools for your boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was a giant magnifying glass, speakers that folded out. Oh, damn. Um, 
a joystick that covered the D-pad, and then larger buttons that it had, and all of it like clipped on oh. in different ways. It, it was even, like an exosuit for your entire console. It, it was. Yeah. It really looked almost like the fucking suit in uh, Alien that okay. uh, Ripley puts on. The, the loading. And you the had to, robot. Yeah, you had to jam um, a battery, like, you had to jam a metal piece over the batteries because it would draw power to power the light. Oh, wow. But it literally just used the batteries in the Game Boy. So it probably drained those batteries oh, real quick. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Wow, that's cool. I had no idea. It's I, a shame they didn't come up with a better name for it. No, nope. I probably still have it somewhere. I, had, I don't remember what it was called, but we had a couple different ones that provided light and did a little... Mm-hmm. It had like a magnifying glass that went over the top mm-hmm. um, just because you needed needed light. Mm-hmm. With those things all the way through the Game Boy Advance, you needed light. So do you remember, uh, you said uh, before we were recording, which you went to KB Toys. I went to KB Toys, yeah. Now, did you get to play on the drive home? I don't remember, but probably not. Okay. Um, one, because it didn't always happen, but I would get carsick if I tried to do that. Because... Um, it's okay. I don't know if you heard it. me before. Real soft boy. Yeah. Uh, still get motion sick while playing first person games, things like that. It's mm-hmm. just just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can I can also see my mom just being the type to to say you'll wait till you get home to do this. And honestly, we were psyched enough that I was just reading the oh yeah reading the booklet on the way back. Yeah, so I remember distinctly, Game Boy games were the one that I could buck the trend with. I could mm. take my Game Boy in the car, and then I could play on the way home. I remember getting Space Station Silicon Valley and, like, reading the manual on the ride. <laughs> oh, and, oh, my God, my mother, like, had, like, errands to run, okay. which was excruciating. Um, but I, I also remember seeing a comic a little while ago. I can't attribute it to the correct person. If I figure out who it is, I'll try to link it somewhere. But, um... Somebody drew a comic of that feeling when you would like literally play a game as the streetlights passed. <laughs> and I, when I read that comic okay. the first time, I like remember Pokemon was perfect for that because if you were in a battle, you could just wait. Sure. If you were going somewhere, like nothing ever happened in that game where like timing was the thing that you needed to do. Right. So you could just sit there and wait till you could see. Yep. It wasn't, there wasn't any real action twitchy gameplay yep. uh, in that original game, especially. Yeah. So anytime, like it was the perfect, even nighttime car pre handy boy. Uh, Cause you could just, you could like actually just like wait for a street light, get a little bit in, yeah, lose it, have to wait, get one attack in, and yeah. the, the trainer battle you're doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, take one step, the one step needed to get a Zubat to show up in Mount Moon. Oh my god. Um, oh god, Mount Moon. Uh, so okay, so Pokemon was a, a craze that came from Japan yes. that started as a game. There mm-hmm. were cards. There was a Pokemon card game. I yes. mean, there was uh, merchandising galore. Yeah, the TV show. Yeah, of course. Oh, yep, the TV show. We referenced the theme song at the beginning, but we did this was I don't I'm sure I've told this story somewhere and maybe even on record here before. That was three I, years ago. Um, my mom would sometimes work part time the Junior League of Rhode Island, and we would occasionally beat her home from school. And usually we had a key with us, 
but I remember one time we forgot to put it in our backpacks and she didn't realize we didn't take it. So we couldn't get in the house. And Pokemon started right when we got home yes. from school. So we figured out how to open one of our basement windows and essentially break into our own home so that we could catch Pokemon on time. The Pokemon craze, man. And then only afterwards looked at the window and were thinking, well, maybe we should put some weights or something on the other side <laughs> to block this. Because if we could get in here, someone else could get in here. Did um, you... Uh... Yeah, TV was a very different thing, too. Like, so many things now... Man, time to sound like an old man. Um, it's okay. It's kind of what this whole thing is. Exactly. Um, knowing, like, that something was happening week to week. Like, mm -hmm. Pokemon might be one of my first real experiences with, like, a serialized adventure that, like, yes... It, it was a self-contained story, but, like, it mattered where he was in the journey. Like, he totally. would have just, you know, he met Misty at the Cerulean Gym. He met Brock at the... Pewter City Gym. Pewter City mm -hmm. Gym, yep. And he inexplicably was able to get Pikachu to defeat Onyx, I think you could have to in the game. It, it yeah, rained. he set off the sprinkler system. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. sprinklers, yep. God, anyway. <laughs> and, I, yeah, I remember, like... But if I missed an episode, or if it, if I was like, hell, if I got dragged out on a family vacation or something mm -hmm. like that, the idea that I just like gapped and missed sure. time, like that was excruciating. Because you never know when you missed one where he suddenly had a new Pokemon. You were yep. like, oh, I, how did he get that? Yep. I guess I missed that one. Or you like you missed the one where Ekans uh, evolved into Arbok on Team Rocket, yeah. and you're just like, oh, I guess they got a bigger snake now, like. That was, yeah, I, I would say that was maybe the first show that I was into where I really, and I think it was because I was playing the game, Yep. so I was aware of what the trajectory of it was, and that helped me trace along yep. with the show that, that this show also was going to have this trajectory, even though it was extremely episodic. Yes. And I, the one thing that, that really struck me is years later, um, after college, when we were all living in a big house together, we downloaded we, it all. We downloaded it all, and I didn't realize I was only into that show for the first season. Yes, I I did well. The first season being eighty episodes long, but I thought I was into it for a lot longer than that. And I remember even I was kind of ready to tap out on the show even before the first season was over. But I. I thought it was getting to a conclusion. Yep. So I stayed watching, even though I was already kind of getting a little over it, because I was like, well, he's getting to the Pokemon League. I should I should see how this plays out. And then when he didn't win the Pokemon League, that's I was right. like, you know what? I, I don't need... And I remember my friend was like, oh, now he's going to this other place, and he's going to do these gyms. That was, I was like, I don't, I don't. It was the Orange Islands, was the thing the show made up before. Because oh. it was before... They were killing time before the second generation of games came out. That's funny. Um... And I remember she told me about that, and I was like, I don't need to watch that. You're like, I'm out. I I moved on to some other dumb shit. I don't know what I was into. Were at you that ever point. a Yu-Gi-Oh kid or anything? No, like that? I was never, never into Yu-Gi-Oh. My my brother you were a got Dragon Ball kid. Well, that is probably honestly what it was. <laughs> is, this is a complete side tangent, but I I remember I didn't have Cartoon Network growing up because um, we had brutal we had cable but it really sucked and we missed a lot of, and we were missing a lot of channels Rhode Island was like a third world country it was, over there. let's not get crazy <laughs> but, uh, Cartoon Network and regular I, cable my childhood was in a lot of ways idyllic but uh, but the um, but yeah I didn't have Cartoon Network or Disney Channel or anything and so I remember going to stay at my cousin's house 
uh, who lived in Connecticut, and they were like, we're going to stay up basically until like two in the morning and, Watch Adult Swim. Sh- and show you guys all of the Cartoon Network shows that you don't want. Because they wanted to show us like Dexter's Lab and Johnny Bravo and Cow and Chicken and, and all these all these Some shows and then they said and we have to stay up till two in the morning because that's when toonami comes on and we can watch dragon ball z and i and i yeah i remember it was the fight with vegeta where he turns into the giant monkey and they have to like throw the spirit bomb and go on reflects it back and all the shit and it was the coolest shit i had ever seen in my fucking life <laughs> and it like ruined me because then i went home and i couldn't watch it at home so then my brother and i started like looking around at video stores and finding vhs's of, of the show ball. yeah and since we couldn't watch it on tv we would just anytime we could finagle getting my parents or like having birthday money or something to buy a vhs we would buy another vhs that had like three episodes on it and so we just started i used to have the collage of because on the side of the yes i remember that we're part of like a picture dragon i used to have the whole thing just going all the way across because we bought we eventually bought like have you Googled to see what that's worth volumes. now? Oh, God, no. I, don't think about it. Uh, I mean, I, we practically wore those things out yes. with the number of times we rewatched them, so I'm sure we depreciated the value mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but yeah, super into it. That, and that is honestly, I would say, I, I guess in that sense, the Pokemon TV show was something of an anime gateway drug for mm-hmm. me because um, I, I definitely got into more anime stuff via that via Dragon Ball Z after that. Um, and I, yeah, Pokemon was the first one of those, I mean, was a lot of people's first exposure to mm-hmm. that type of show. Did you go to see the movie in theaters? No. By the time the movie came out, I was kind of done with the show. I think my brother went to see it. I um, went because I took I a kid I was babysitting. Yeah. And I remember feeling like it was like a baby movie. I think I was starting, I was starting to get into that kind of middle school headspace mm-hmm. of, I'm being ridiculed for this. Mm-hmm. I need to. I need to maybe put this behind me a little bit, even if I'm still going to play the game in my own time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, so so you had red. Yes. So we. You mentioned we went to KB Toys. We had our had Christmas money um, from relatives that when we said we're going to spend it all on getting each of these games so my brother got pokemon blue and i got pokemon red and was that a discussion at all or did you both just know which one you wanted he liked blue and i liked red those okay. were our favorite colors growing up so oh wow that's, uh, perfect. So that's what we did yeah we have yeah, really worked out so we we picked those up and i'm pretty sure his first playthrough he played as squirtle because blastoise was on the front and i did the same with charmander i still you know i kind of as a tradition if i'm playing a pokemon game I, for the first time i'll almost always pick a fire type mm-hmm, just because mm-hmm. that was the first one i ever did uh just like i think most kids i i didn't really know much about keeping my team balanced so my charizard was like 30 levels higher than the rest of my team uh i distinctly remember beating the eighth gym and not really having anyone else left on my team but being like i want to see what victory road's like i'm going to wander over there and one thing the pokemon game does a lot is have boss battles kind of show up out of nowhere oh yeah or and even just the regular trainer battles yeah like your regular like, trainers were just being and then it walks across the entire screen and Someone says sees some you from like way off to you yeah i yeah. hated that uh and but what i didn't realize is when you go to victory road for the first time your rival shows up yes and i was Gary. like i have nobody on my team except for my charizard but my charizard was so overpowered that he just bulldozed gary's entire team Which and i managed you, to get out of the fight did you okay so as a kid when you had the choice to name characters, 
Did you use real life people, or did you stick to like? Did you call him Ash and Gary because the because uh, of the anime? When I first played, I did Ash and Gary because because of the anime yeah. for sure. Now I I either either use it for like made up names that I just want to use, mm-hmm. or or I'll name them after people. If I knew the character's name, like what it was supposed to be, like Link, mm-hmm. I always did a capital letter, all lowercase, the character's name. Like I was like, oh really yeah, gotta st- make it proper. Yeah, yeah, really stringent about it. But when I first started playing Pokemon, I did not know that his name was Ash, and I I think it autofills Ash, and you have to like delete it out, and or no, it autofills Red, of course, Red and yes. yeah, yeah, it suggests Red and Blue. Yes. And Which, I removed it and put in Patrick, mm-hmm. and I I think I picked some shit kid at school that I didn't oh. like and made him my rival. That yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, anyway, for, for those not familiar with the structure of a Pokemon game, I mm-hmm. think we should at least summarize it. And yeah. this, we can essentially reuse this summary for most Pokemon games going forward. Literally they, all of them. Except the newest ones now, you have friends instead of rivals sometimes. Yeah, the new, they, they've changed things up a little bit, and then there are some story elements that are different. But basically, every Pokemon game is when you turn 10 years old, mm-hmm. you are kind of as a rite of passage in society sent out on an adventure to collect Pokemon. Some professor that lives in your town gives you a Pokedex and lets you pick from one of three starters. And it's always a grass type, a fire type and a water type. If you're not familiar with Pokemon, they all have elemental types and there's kind of a elemental quotation uh, marks. Yeah. Yeah. Elemental, you know, the the base element of ghost. Yeah. Dragon. Uh, but yeah, you (laughs) essentially there's a, a sort of, um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, Ways, ways. There's kind of like a, a various like oh, it's like rock paper scissors, yeah, rush, rock, paper, rush and bow. That's that's what I was forgetting. Yeah. Rock paper scissors, like sort of setup of like this is effective against this, which is effective against this, which doesn't work on this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, those three types are very clearly set up to be a circle that's or, why or they're a triangle. triangle. That's why they're always the types that start with. So you pick your starter and you go out into the world and you have to get eight gym badges from different towns and the gyms all have gym leaders and various trainers that you have to battle against your Pokemon evolve and gain levels. It's technically an RPG, Mm -hmm. um, and learn different techniques. And you find also learn moves that let you traverse around the world in different ways. And a lot of times on your Pokemon. Yeah. In the early games, especially you had to, there were moves you had to put on your Pokemon, which were annoying. Fly cut. It was the H, the H, H, yeah, yeah. hidden machines and the technical machines. That never made any sense to me as a child. You put like a CD-ROM on your Pokemon. I didn't. Yeah, I really did not. I couldn't like that. It was an immersion-breaking experience where I was like, I don't understand why this disc. I mean, I have a whole thing about my theory (laughs) of what the Pokemon world is that I can get into in a second. Okay. Um, But uh, but yeah, you had these these special items that could teach Pokemon moves, and there were some that you needed to use that would teach them things like, yeah, flying, or surfing to go over the water, or flash to light up a dark cave, or strength to move big rocks around, stuff like that. Um, and you go through the entire thing, and you get to, once you get all eight badges, you go to this place called Victory Road and go challenge the Elite Four, the top trainers at the Pokemon League, and if you beat all of them, then you become the Pokemon League champion. Is there, um, It is just the four of them, or is there... Oh, no, the fifth is... So, this, one of my favorite... Still one of my favorite moments in games. I think, pure, this is purely nostalgia. If you go back, it's probably not going to be that powerful if you go yeah, back to yeah, it now. Yeah. But I remember beating, like, getting through the Elite Four, which was already a crazy challenge of, like, you have to beat these four trainers mm-hmm. without 
you know, just relying on your items, you can't you can't go and back Lance's to a Pokemon dragons. Center. And Lance's dragons and dragons for a while were really overpowered and didn't have a lot of weaknesses. And so, what were the dragons in the original? The it dragons was just, it was Dragonite, just Dratini, uh, Dragonair, and Dragonite. I think. I think just the, yeah, because um, Gyarados was water flying. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. Which never made that always pissed me off. He should have been dragon. Literally, is a dragon. Yes, <laughs> doesn't doesn't have that type. Um, but yeah, so you beat the elite four. You beat Lance. You beat Lance, and then he says, "Congratulations, you've been the Pokemon League. That means you're a Pokemon League champion." Is what I would say, but it turns out somebody beat you here. Yes. You got to go into the next room, and so then you go in the next room, and sure enough, your rival Gary or snot nose or whatever mm -hmm. shithead you named him after is standing there and i just remember that moment where he just go he's like and he's like look and i made it all the way here you know what that means i'm the most powerful trainer in the world and then the final boss music kicks in and i always get chills in that moment that was and good. like the yeah and then you have to do this really tough battle where i got really lucky because i had a level 37 pokemon that was way under leveled that had to do solar beam to beat the last guy and he did oh. like a stupid thing that wasn't an attack and so i was <laughs> able to pull off the move i still remember getting through that and getting through the whole game that's so good that you yeah. still remember that mm -hmm. that you like it was tense enough that you yeah actually... his ride on used leer for no reason leer and oh my i God. just yeah and i was able to pull off the attack and win right on the first pokemon ever designed that's true that's what you told me right before we started recording that was mm -hmm. the first one they mm -hmm. made mm -hmm. they wanted a game about we should talk a little bit i guess about how the game was made if you want to yeah 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 um, we can do that. basically it was the this company called game freak uh, that didn't have a ton of game-making experience, uh, but they came up with this idea after both playing uh, the two main creators, who I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting their names, uh, but they um, were playing dra one of the Dragon Quest games, which are very popular in Japan, a series of RPGs um, that have gotten more popular here, but never to the height of Final Fantasy, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, but Japan loves Dragon Quest, and so they were playing, I think, Dragon Quest three. Could be wrong about that. Um, and they were comparing what they had found in the game, and one of them had gotten an item that the other one wanted, and they were lamenting that there was a there was not a way for them to trade items. Not a way to trade items. That was literally the top. Like, that was what they experienced. And so they said, well, what if we had... Yeah, what if we had a way to do it? So Satoshi Tajiri... Ken and Sugimura and Mori and then Junichi Masuda mm -hmm. um, were all together. Yeah, Junichi Masuda is still around. I, I'm not sure about oh, the cool. other guys. Um, but yeah, so they that was that's what got them thinking about this like trading concept, and they were like, "What about what could we come up with that would allow?" and And that was they knew about the Game Boy Link cable, and so they were like, "What can we?" I that's crazy that it that? was trading that really. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what sparked the the idea. It makes a lot of sense. I, I used to be so frustrated that each game only had specific Pokemon in it. I know, and then there were some Pokemon that only evolved if you traded Gollum them. Gollum and Gengar, you could only and, get if you traded. And Alakazam also. Right, and Alakazam. Yeah, so I never saw those. And Psychic Pokemon were super broken in yes. the first. The thing about, especially going back to play, and you played a different version of the first gen, generation games that we'll talk oh, about yeah, in a second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, we should say, because um, we may throw around the, the word generation uh, a lot when talking about these games, especially as we go forward. Talk about Star Trek um, Next Generation. Yes, it's, it's because uh, each each game and its sequels are referred to as a uh, like a generation or a gen within the Pokemon kind of continuity, so to speak. Of so, which there are now seven, and we're waiting there are on eight. eight. No, there, there are eight, eight we're and waiting nine on nine. is coming out. 
at right time of my recording. Birthday. Yeah, nine's coming out. Yeah, in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this Pokemon's red, blue, and then yellow, which was the special Pikachu edition that yes. they came out with a little later. <clears throat> Pikachu followed you around. It was. To, it really was mostly to emulate the show. anime. Yeah. yeah, the show more because Team Rocket was who were bad Jesse guys and, James. and there. Yeah, they they actually put Jesse and James in the game. Yep. Team Rocket also called themselves Pokemon Mobsters, and I remember talking to my dad about the game and talking about how the boss's name was Giovanni, and my dad thought that was funny. Yes. He was an Italian, like, dog. Oh, yeah, it was a very clear mafia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the um, they made that one to emulate the show. But those three games are Gen 1, the first generation of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then going through the series, we are going to go through each generation um, and talk about you know what our memories are of them of course and and how, if and how they impacted us but then we'll probably also just get into the gameplay changes and things like that because as, as i mentioned the well it was very impressive that they were able to come out with pokemon there were a lot of issues with it gameplay wise in terms of certain ways the the stats worked were were pretty broken like the special stat not being special attack or special defense oh right being one thing yeah um and yeah psychic pokemon's only weakness really was ghost but ghost attacks didn't really like do damage in a traditional sense because it was only nightshade and Lick was kind of an attack, but that was it. Was Lick a uh, ghost in the first gen, or was Lick... It also might not have been ghost. I think it was a ghost attack, but it might not I have been. I think it was poison, because, I, I mean, Lick-a-tongue... But ghost, ghosts, all all ghost Pokemon in the first are, one are were poison. Part poison, which means that you would bring it out in your fight with, like, Sabrina, and be like, take this, and she would just mow you down. Yes. Because they, they would poison as weak against psychic and they, so it wait and were the only them. ghosts ghastly haunter and gengar yes those are the only ghosts that's insane that yeah. they had so there were so few types and yet they still were like nah but you're only gonna get three you're only get three it's of 150 these. pokemon we're gonna put a million rats and birds in this game but yeah you're yeah yeah, yeah. spiro and spiro and pidgey mm-hmm. uh rattata i mean pikachu's rat <laughs> yeah there were there were an actually that many mouse. rats but um yeah mouse and rat but yeah, it's interesting to see how what they decided to focus on. Um, we also were able to always catch the uh, special Pokemon missing. No, I don't know if you ever yes. did that in the original Game Boy game. Yes. Uh, did you have to get a Game Shark to do that, or could you do it without no. a Game Shark? You, I'm pretty sure you could do it without a Game Shark. So essentially, there was a glitch in the original game where uh, at a certain island you had to you surf, could surf over, right? right alongside, like basically on the edge of the land. And you would run into this glitch Pokemon whose name, yeah, it was just missing no. Because it was missing number. Missing number. And its typing was weird. It was like type one bird, which is yes. not a type of Pokemon. Yes, there is no it was <laughs> There's flying no, type, no bird, no bird type. type. Uh, and it was like level 142. But if you leveled it up, it went back down to 90 or back down to like 100 because that was the, the, top the, level. the actual highest level. Uh, so we would always do that. There was always a rumor of a secret where you could get Mew, the 151st Pokemon, that was false. Yeah, you literally could not. You couldn't. Right? It was through. There was only like a special contest that Nintendo held where God, people could get it. Uh, there was not. A, yeah, people were like, "Oh, you search behind this truck, and that's nope. where it is." Yep. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could get. Could you get all three of the legendary birds in? The game, yes, they were a pain in the ass to catch. But yeah, you could get all them. three of them. You could get. There were only two Snorlaxes in the entire game. Yep, and if you blocking them uh, up, blocking the way in different places. Yep, you that was it. Uh, you could get Mewtwo. 
you get you to at the very end of the game after you beat the elite four and the you're the champion you can reload your game and there's one final cave yes that a person won't let you in until you're the champion and you go in there and it's full of really strong pokemon and at the very end is mewtwo did you uh, did you ever just mess up and just like kill one of the legendary birds or something? Like oh, that? definitely. Yeah, and it's so hard to catch them. Well, and I, I I very very clearly remember the concept of like it wouldn't come back was like lost on me. So mm-hmm. I would just did it and like left and was like I probably saved immediately afterwards. Was like oh, I'll just go back and get it, and it was gone. Uh, yeah, it was gone forever. Yeah, and you only had one Master Ball. You had to decide yeah. how to use it. And the Master Ball was a special, unique item you got that caught a Pokemon no matter what. Otherwise, we didn't Pokemon even talk about how you catch them. I know you fight them in the wild, and then you yeah, you have to beat the, the crap out of them. If you get them lower, paralyzed, or like or poison sleep, them or something, yep. yeah, you have a better chance. The odds were very uh, opaque to child me. Like I, I just. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes opaque to adult. Yes. Because sometimes sometimes those odds are bullshit. Did you ever, like, this is another one of those rumor things, but did you hear, like, you hold B and it's a better chance or any of that stuff? Yeah, holding, like, down and B, stuff like that. Yes, 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 down and B. Mm -hmm. But it's not, right? No. Yeah. This was also, for those of you who are maybe a little younger, (laughs) you know, this was... The internet maybe existed in terms of getting America Online CDs married to to your house. Mailed. Mailed to your house. Um, but this wasn't a, a time where it was really easy to go look things up. So you were really operating on schoolyard rumors and people would just say all kinds oh, of things. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I had AOL in third grade. So mm-hmm. as, as Pokemon was taking off, so was my internet access. And I remember like going into the AOL Kids Club forums and talking about Pokemon. Nice. But of course, then also there, like trolling was a thing already. Like, Of course. Kids being in there and telling you that Mew was behind a truck. Uh, there are assholes since time immemorial. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it, it just uh, just propagated all those things. That might have even been how I figured out that I had like, messed up so bad with mm. the Articuno, I believe, was the first one nice I found. One, yeah. and then, yep. So... There's a lot, clearly, a lot we can talk about in terms of in terms of Pokemon, how it works, what we remember playing it. I think what, in the spirit of replay values, what I really want to hone in on is what what do you feel like you learned from your experience getting into Pokemon, or, or how did it have a outside of just a love for for <clears throat> a game franchise that that you still come back to even as an adult? Mm-hmm. What um, you know, what kind of stuck with you from your experience? Um... I mean, two things. One very valuable memory of talking about the ghost Pokemon and the Cubone and Marowak that you find in the tower and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I, in an embarrassing way, it, it terrified me. Like, I was scared sure. of the game. For context, there's, uh, at one point you come to a town called Lavender Town. Yep. That plays really eerie music when you walk in and you're not sure why. And then you see this big tower. And when you go in, you find out it's a graveyard. And it's yes. everyone's there mourning their, their dead, dead Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. And uh, and as you venture into the tower, you are set upon by ghosts and also people possessed by ghosts. Yes. Which is also terrifying. Yes. Um, and guarding the way to the top, which you need a special item to see properly and get past, is this uh, Marowak, which is like a lizard wearing a skull, yeah. wielding a bone. Mm-hmm. Um, who has died that has died uh, could you that, catch that mar- you could no, not catch that no it would like Marowak. dodge the pokeball yes. if you tried to throw it 
Yes. Um, you had to defeat it, and then it would kind of be at peace. Yes, because it's 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 sad. It's dead. Yeah. It doesn't. And also, didn't Team Rocket kill it? Team Rocket killed it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That first game didn't mess around. They were Team Rocket was bad news. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I mean I lost pets at that point in my life. I remember sure. like being really into the tower and really scared. Excuse me. And I remember literally underneath. Like I had a t- I had a bunk bed. I would sleep on the top bunk. I would like wait until my mother thought I was asleep, and I would turn the lights back on so I could keep playing it, mm-hmm. even though it was dark. I had a very vivid imagination that there were ghosts outside of my room. Like I was like terrified, but I pushed through, mm-hmm. and I I did end up remember like I was obsessed with Ghastly and Haunter after that. Sure, I thought they were so cool. It was Haunter that you had to trade to get, right? Or did Haunter... Yeah, you had to Haunter... You You had had to trade a Ghastly to get Haunter. You had to trade Haunter to get... Oh, you had to trade Haunter to get Gengar. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so I I was was really into those Pokemon. I remember I toughed it out. I was very proud of myself. Yeah. Beat Lavender Town. Beat the fuck out of that Marowak that Team Rocket killed. Killed, yeah, (laughs) awful. Um, But I, like... I think that as... I mean, a 10 or 11-year-old at the time, this story of a 10-year-old, like, setting out on their own, which, you know, maybe not the best parenting in the world, but I, I, I think that... It raises some questions. <laughs> I think that level of, like, you know, pushing out and taking on the world and stuff like that really... It, it, felt, um, it felt like that was, like, a thing in life, you know, like, growing up, getting more experience, being bigger, like yeah. interacting with adults, uh, caring for animals, all of that stuff was really tied into that experience. So Yeah, I, I think to your to your last point there, that that's a lot of what I took with me was this was a time where, you know, I was ten. I was the same age mm-hmm. as this character in the game who was my you know, even though I named them Ash because of the show, they were essentially my avatar going through this adventure and it was the first time i think i really connected to the story of someone going on an adventure even if there's not that the story itself is not that complex it was still this person i related to directly is and around the same time um where i also started reading the harry potter books because they started Mm -hmm. to become popular and unfortunately they have now been ruined by their terrible author Mm -hmm. uh but at the time i also connected to uh those stories because i was the same age as the character yeah and so that that was where where that kind of thing started to really resonate and i think i started to really get invested in these stories um and and experiences in a way that uh, i maybe hadn't been and and there's more i'll talk about in our when we talk about the next game that I think it started to inform my relationship to video games a lot more in terms of how I like understood systems and mechanics and and I don't think and I think this game needed to lay the groundwork for that for yeah. me to be able to recognize because the second generation introduces a lot of new things is that when dark and was introduced that was when dark and steel were introduced which and were both spe- specifically counters to psychic type mm-hmm. uh we'll, we'll talk about that more next time but there mm-hmm. were a bunch of new things in, in that game um and i think this really laid the groundwork for me to recognize that and kind of recognize start to just get a more mature understanding of like game design yeah um um actually i'm, I'm thinking it was probably around the same time that i I don't know if you ever did stuff like this, but I, like, designed a video game, like, in my notebook. 
Like I drew out Brent like and I did, did yeah, a lot. yeah. I like drew out floors. I designed enemies, and, and all it would have been. I mean, <laughs> I can't even imagine what the gameplay would have been. But it was just like maps and enemies and like basic outline of like what that was. And yeah, I, I like thought a lot about game design. Oh, it helped that there was the room that you could go into in the back of uh, Giovanni's yeah. office, or no, was it in the back of Team Rocket's tower? Where the designer, uh, the developer room was that you could talk to the developers. No, that's in um, that's in Saffron City, I think. Yes. Um, but and Team Rocket takes over Saffron City at one yes, point. Yes, and you yes, have yes, to, yes. And you have to deal with them. But uh, I think it's after you beat Giovanni for the first time, you can go through the secret door into the other side of that tower and then talk to the game developers. Yeah. Was that in the version you played now? Or? No, no, uh, that was in the original version, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. I'm just, yes. I was just curious. You, I, you, I did not. <laughs> I did not go that far yet uh, in Let's Go. Oh, yeah. So they've... They've remade the game a couple times. Yes, there was there was Fire, Fire Red, Red, and Leaf Green. For Game Boy Advance. What is it that they all of a sudden decided to introduce green? Also, do you know why there wasn't yes. a green? Okay. There was actually a green in Japan. Originally in Japan, it was green and red. And really? then apparently... Was America red, white, and blue? So they were like, we gotta do <laughs> no, it. No, because Japan also had blue. They had um, all three? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. The, I, apparently, I think Blue, though, was just a, a remake of Green, because the original Pokemon, like, Red and Green, I guess, had, like, really ugly as sin, like, character designs. Really? And, like, were kind of janky. And I think they, before they did an international release, they were like, let's revamp these a little bit. Wow. And clean them up. And so the version of Red and Blue we got were, like, the new... I, I might be getting this backwards. It might have been blue and then green was the new one. But either way, the there was they had all three over there, but the two of them were essentially the same game. That, I mean, literally always bothered me so much yep. that there were three starter Pokemon and there were only two types of the game. Yeah, that's why. I, it used to drive me nuts. That and Pokemon that didn't evolve. Any Pokemon that didn't evolve, I You were like, it. why? Why does this exist? Yeah. yeah. It's like mad. I mean, and by now, is there... A lot of them do. There are still some that don't. Is there any of the original 150 that don't have an evolved form now? Uh, I think Pinsir is the only one I can think of off the top of my head that might not have any. But there's a... Well... Does it have a Mega Evolution? No, oh, yes, but it also has a... Um, like a, a devolution, like, oh, like does it have like a, does it have like a baby? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty positive there's a um, baby pincer. Uh, anyway, they, a lot of stuff goes down in these series. We'll we'll kind of start to yes. break down when some of these things get introduced. But you played the 2018. Yes, uh, let's go Eevee. Let's go Eevee and they let's released, go Pikachu. Let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. You had a partner Pokemon that always mm -hmm. sat on your head that was either an Eevee or a Pikachu. Um, I got Eevee naively thinking that you would be able to evolve it you cannot <laughs> the the entire purpose of this pokemon is that it evolves into many different forms and you cannot do that in the game nope. and i understand aesthetically why they made that choice but at the same time and eevee is also one of the fan favorites yeah so eevee is a very popular pokemon very it's cute. A little cute fox thing yeah but um i was pissed because i was like oh i can't evolve this that's Vaporeon was my favorite. Uh, Eevee, Eeveelution. I, mean, I saw your game. You had about 43 Eevees banked <laughs> away. You could have turned it I could have been involved at all there. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of which, uh, common day, or current day rumor that there's going to be a new Eeveelution in the next Pokemon game. Sure, bring it on. Yeah, I'm it's into it. I want, I want a ghost um, Eeveelution. Your, the version you played, though, brings me into... I said I had a theory about, oh, yes, hit about the world of Pokemon. I think the world of Pokemon is a simulation. 
Okay. Um, I think Let's Go makes it very explicit, where at the very beginning of the game, Pikachu basically leads you into the television. Yes. And then you go through the intro, and you pick your character, and your character literally looks at themselves in amazement before the adventure starts, being like, oh, this is what I look like now. But all of the Pokemon games open with this, this what you seems like a, a pre-recorded intro, almost, yeah. of the professor in that game giving you a little pep talk and welcoming you to the world of Pokemon, asking you what your name is, asking you to name your rival usually. Sometimes they don't do that. Or your friend. Or or your friend, or or they'll ask you to do it later. Um, And then, yeah, and then they'll always... There's always that moment where there's the big picture of you and it says your Pokemon adventure is about to begin, and then you, like, transform into your little, like, did yourself. And then you wake up, and then you wake up, like, in front of your TV, and the adventure starts. Oh. Um, And so I I think... I think the, the reason why the Pokemon world feels so surreal is because it isn't real. And I think that the things that they've done to improve upon it, and maybe if I said this to the Pokemon company, they look like I was crazy, but... No, um, I think they'd be into it. Yeah, but it, I think the things they've done to improve upon it have just been that simulation becoming more sophisticated and people, like, living there. Nice. Um, but I think it was meant to be a simulated world. I think that's why there's towns with only two houses in them. Get Mark Zuckerberg um, on the line. This is the real And why metaverse. anyone would live in a world that's, like, filled with dangerous animals... Um, that's and also why the world seems to revolve around Pokemon so much. Yeah, and and all of like society, it's yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my tinfoil hat. In the anime, he goes out it. and gets attacked by Spearow, right? And then he that's has the to like has to run back. It's like dangerous yeah. to be there. Yeah, um, yeah. And the reason why I think maybe the makers of the game don't subscribe to this fully is because they they seem to be trying to make the world more real and. Mm. So I, I don't. Well, know. yeah, there is now a Pokemon uh, Arceus or Arceus. Arceus is yeah. Arceus. Yeah, uh, where it's like ancient times. Ancient times, where it's like yeah. You're, did you play that one? Poke- no, I never did. I didn't either. I heard it was good. I heard it too. Uh, you gotta see if you are in I'm a. Just, uh, hey, I if, was, instead of a simulation, you have like a peyote dream in your tribal town and. Uh, I was a little busy playing Elden Ring at the beginning part of this year. <laughs> I, had, I did not have time for oh, this about anything else. Becky. <laughs> there is a different podcast we have recorded where we talk about that. Oh, you're punishing um, love of difficult games? I love games. of very difficult games, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, we will uh, We'll upload the 2019 episodes we never uploaded to. Yeah, that's the thing. We'll we'll release the, the last two um, that Replay we recorded. Replay Values Classic. Replay Values Classic. We'll also still, as we mentioned at the top, we'll still be doing uh, episodes that have a, an interview format as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. Um, that will get scheduled, but these will also kind of come out in succession we'll probably release um i would say on a monthly basis yeah let's it's try probably it's probably the most realistic to start and then mm-hmm. if we really feel like we're getting in a groove uh maybe we can step that up but uh i think part of what caused us to kind of fall off after our initial recordings last time was just putting a little bit too much on what we wanted to do and if we do nothing else we wanted to get it out putting pressure on ourselves is definitely our top we are very good at that oh yeah absolutely I wonder why I have so much anxiety. But um, <laughs> let's um, let's wrap this up. I think the yeah. I think the last thing I want to touch on, uh, and how we'll probably close most episodes, is just uh, what are you playing right now? Oh man, it's not Pokemon that you were playing for this. Okay, so I have a Pokemon esque game that I've been really into recently. Okay, I mean, like honestly, the truth is I've been playing a ton of Apex Legends recently, but 
Um, you play that with your friends. Though, I right? do. Yeah. I do. I play that with friends. I've been living uh, the bachelor life for quite a few weeks, even though I just got married. Congratulations. Um, oh, thank you, humble brick. <laughs> um, yeah, so my partner is away working, so I've been having a lot of free time playing a lot of Apex Legends. But I was also obsessively playing a game called Ooblets. Did you oh, hear about Ooblets? I've heard of it, but tell me about it anyway, because I don't All right, remember. So it is like halfway between Pokemon and Stardew Valley. Stardew mm-hmm. Valley or, or Harvest Moon, you know, farm life sim game. You show up in town, there's an empty farmhouse, you move in. The difference is that you, instead of battling, you have dance battles. And instead cool. of catching Ooblets that are out in the world, after you dance battle them, if you pat them on their head, they poot out a little seed, and then you take that seed back to your farm and plant it, and you can grow more ooblets. And there are, uh, instead of shiny, there are gleamy ooblets. Okay. And there are standard and, like, uncommon versions. So there's three different there's versions three of each tiers. one. Got it. They don't evolve, which I was a little bummed out about, because I feel like if I get one and I keep it around, I'd really love to see it change. Even though, and I didn't mention this in the podcast yet, I was always obsessed with keeping my starter as the starter version, yeah. like, as its original version. See, I loved evolving them. I nope. needed those stats, baby. Nope, I always kept them as their cute little first form, because I, I liked their first forms a lot more. I feel like the middle forms of three form evolutions almost always sucked, except yeah. for Haunter. Justice yeah, yeah, Haunter. Haunter's pretty cool. Yeah, Graveler sucked, uh, Charmeleon, yeah. War Turtle, and... Ivysaur. Ivysaur was the best, I feel like. They're all just kind of half steps, and you know that you just want to get to the big uh, War thing. Turtle gets wings out of nowhere for no reason, and then loses yeah, them again as Blastoise. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so Ooblets, very fun game. I love a farm sim. I love the little dance battles. It's card. It's deck building based like f- battles. It's fun. It's cute. However, <laughs> yes. the reason I say that I was playing it is because at one point in the game, you get to open your own little shop, and it is a new port to the Switch. It actually just left early access and, and was a full release. Oh. I went to open the player's store, and I hit a bug where I am now trapped in... I let a day pass. I closed and reloaded. It auto-saved with me in there, oh, so I'm no. stuck. Yeah, I look, people I, are upset about it. Um, I reached out to the, the game makers on Twitter... And I was like, listen, I tried all the steps to try to get out of it. I couldn't. And I'm like, the, the bug will get fixed. It's fine. And But their recommendation was to start a new game. And I was like, I put like eight hours into this thing. I'm not doing a new game. Yeah, so that's a lot to ask. When I'm when I'm when able to continue, I will. I'm sure they'll patch it at some point. Oh, absolutely. I think they even already patched it on PC. I think just the port's having a difficult time gotcha. fixing it. Um, yep, as soon as I opened the store and got stuck, I was like, oh, that's really weird. And I went to the internet, and everybody's like, don't go to the store! Don't open the store! And I was like, oh, no. I didn't listen. Uh, what about you? What are you playing now? Uh, well, I, I had mentioned before that I had uh, only played up to around, or maybe I mentioned this before we recorded, but I had originally intended to play all of Pokemon Red in preparation for this mm-hmm, recording, mm-hmm. and instead I only made it to the second gym, and that's because I downloaded a game called Vampire Survivors. Oh. Uh, this is a game on Steam. Uh, I have a Steam Deck, uh, which I... Humble I, brag. I, I, humble brag. I only waited a year and change for it uh, after pre-ordering it last year uh wound up being perfectly timed for my birthday which was great um yeah it's it's awesome to use and I, i'm doing a ton of stuff with it but uh, i bought this game for like three bucks uh, i think the game's the price is about to go up because they're prepping for the Are they going um, out of early access yeah they're yeah they're prepping for the actual 1.0 release mm-hmm. um so they're gonna up the price probably not by a ton but just to account for all the stuff they've added uh, uh, but it's it's just this very simple game that's got kind of 
low-res, like, 8-bit-style graphics where you walk around this map and all these hordes of monsters come after you and you're automatically attacking to destroy them and you pick up gems to gain levels and by gaining levels you get additional attacks. And Is it like a twin-stick shooter? It's or? like a twin-stick, but you don't need to use the other stick to attack your character, just attacks. That's so fun. And I feel like that was early iPhone games were a lot like that because they it, didn't always have... It does feel like it could be that also. Um, and it is one of the, it, it's one of the most ridiculously addictive games I've played in quite a while. Um, and I, uh, I, I almost, I feel a little like Tim Meadows in Walk Hard where I'm like, you don't want to do this. Like, don't, don't play this game. Cause it's, uh, it really is, uh, uh, something that I've sometimes been playing and being like, I'm not having a healthy relationship with this game. I don't even know if I'm like having fun. I'm just like determined to keep playing it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's ridiculously addictive. It's only three bucks. It's, it's definitely taken up a fair amount of my time. Um, I also recently did a playthrough of, uh, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for Game Boy Advance. Love part part of the Castlevania Part games. of the Castlevania Game Boy Advance collection that is available on, on all consoles. I uh, would highly recommend it. I know you're not a big Castlevania fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm kind of between big games. Uh, I mentioned, you know, I played Elden Ring kind of to death for a while, uh, and I haven't really had a big single-player experience that that's really drawn me in. I could um, not get into Elden Ring. I tried so hard. You know, it's not for every. Those from software games are not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't let people guilt you into feeling like you got to do it. You don't have to. Um, I played a fair amount of Returnal also for PS5, which is oh also, yeah, I heard um, good things about also that. very very good. You game. Also have a PS5. I also I have a PS5. That. I all I want I I want a PS5 so I can play Horizon Forbidden West. I know people said that it's not that great, but Horizon for uh, um, Zero Dawn was like literally one of my favorite games ever, and I just want more of it. So. I, I think people have just soured on that type of open like world game. game. Um, whereas the because I my understanding is if you liked Horizon Zero Dawn, I think you you will really like. Oh, I was obsessed Forbidden with West. It. That's that's the impression I've gotten from reviews. I just think there's been a bit of a backlash for, against that type of open world game. That's very icons on a map yeah, you know, yeah going, task. going from point to point task so like lists, far cry um, like, yeah, formula all, yeah the, the far cry formula the stuff like honestly probably like just cause kind of pioneered some of that too um as much i as, love all those games i know i just i gotta get just cause 2 is apparently not steam deck compatible which is bullshit i gotta find a way to make it work. oh that's wild i gotta play i have just cause 2 on steam and i i really should just Oh, I'm sure someone made a, a mod or something I can install to play it because I I gotta play that game again. Man, we uh, a future idea for a series. Uh, tell us what you think in the comments or uh, you know leave a review. I would love to do series that jumped the shark, Just mm. Cause, Dead Rising. Sure. Um, I'm sure there are more Banjo Kazooie, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like those like it, it those Saints Row is a good one. Games where it's like they kept escalating Far Cry kind of, sure. and then all of a sudden it just like took a sour turn because Just Cause was. Did you ever play Just Cause Four? No, I only ever played two. It was terrible. Yeah, uh, Dead Rising Four, terrible. Yeah, I remember you. I remember watching you play the original Dead Rising back <sighs> in the day. Loved the original Dead Rising. Uh, yeah, we put that on a cathode ray tube television in the in Jackson Heights. It was so hard mm-hmm. to see. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. that TV you found on the street, and you said it's so big, we should use it. And then the <laughs> screen looks terrible. <laughs> that, that, that one, because we had my the HGTV we had was that tiny TV I got from mm-hmm. like my mom's like catering business mm-hmm. that she had. 
uh, and we were like, well, this is kind of small. Let's use this big one. And then the picture was so bad that we went back to the tiny television. It hated the color orange. Yeah. If, if there was the color orange on screen, it would just start to, like, glitch out. I, I played most of Arkham Asylum on, on oh, that man. television. Look, it was a very bleak game. You were not a lot of orange. That is true. So, yeah. it, so it worked perfectly. Um, anyway, you and I could talk about this forever, but I think we should uh, we can bring this it. to a close. Um Please, uh, if if you like what you're what you're hearing, or you're just happy to see us back, rate us on iTunes, Google Play, whatever Stitcher, Stitcher, yeah, whatever your uh, podcast, Spotify, whatever your podcast platform of choice is. Uh, write us a kind review. I would say if you do, rate us five stars and write a review. Uh, please share your replay value uh, experience, yes. something that you've learned from from a game that you've played that you want to share with us, and we will read it on the air i would love that we are also not above bringing people onto our show um yeah. you know all kinds of stuff so you and i are not famous no <laughs> not at all no clout whatsoever oh hey. so we we have we'll talk to just about anybody as Quick long as your uh personal anecdote well intentioned yes bobby lee bd wong and now um it's jamel no what's her name uh, the principal from Abbott Elementary. They've all three been recommended as people you may know to me on Facebook. That's crazy. Because I have around five friends in common with uh, each of them. You've got like degrees of separation. Yeah, going. yeah, yeah. But I was, I saw that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Guess who's moving up in town? Yeah. Uh, Emmy Award winning, uh, you know, people and B.D. Wong and all kinds. Did B.D. Wong? I'm sure B.D. Wong's got an Emmy. He must have gotten something. Or Tony. He's got something. He's got something. He's, he's so good. He was so good in The Substitute too. <laughs> <laughs> when he got stabbed to death by Treat Williams. Um, but yeah, I thought that was great. So, hey, you know, we're, we're moving up in the world. One day we'll have famous guests. But uh, do you have any socials you want to share? Oh, sure, your famous sure. Facebook? Yeah, Rev Patrick B.C. Malloy uh, on Facebook. You can friend request me. I probably won't see it. Um, at Patrick B.C. Malloy on Instagram and Twitter. Great. Uh, I will share with you, I guess, my Twitter handle, which is at Tro underscore Chelly. Uh, I'm very bad at social media, so I won't even bother sharing. My, I'll probably share my Instagram uh, at some point, but to be honest with you, I've forgotten what it is. Um, is it Tro Chelly it, underscore? It could be something like that. I think it's Tro Chelly. Um, no, it's going to make for some really killer audio is if I look it up while we're recording. Hey, also, we have a replay values Instagram, don't we? We have something. I think I did that. Oh, my Instagram handle is the same as my Twitter, so I was thinking ahead of myself. Tro underscore Shelly is me. Uh, um, that, uh, uh, we're one of these. Yeah, uh, we're replay we underscore values. Um, never used it. No, but we can figure it out. Well, at, at replay underscore values. Great. So yeah, follow us on those platforms. We might do something with them. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> I should at least start using my Twitter, which I'm on all the time, to doom scroll, and instead use that time posting like video game takes and opinions. Um, into that. So maybe I'll start doing that, and happy to engage with folks on there. Hell yeah. All right, so any final thoughts before we sign off? No. Um, no. Thank just you. none none I, I, not, I, all thoughts have been spent and are on the recording mm -hmm. uh thank you so much for joining us uh, this has been replay values uh we hope uh, we've helped enrich a little bit of your life experience uh by sharing our own and we hope you have a great day yes have a good one